the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Welcome back to the second hour of today's edition of Ion Real Estate. I'm attorney Stephen Ebert. Howdy is off this week, and she'll be back next week. Um, but we are thrilled to have Sarah Blank join us for today's show. Sarah Blank is Thank an award-winning... You. Oh, you're, you're welcome. Sarah, Sarah is an award-winning interior designer with a real focus on kitchens and baths and other areas throughout the house. Her work has been highlighted in so many magazines, including Architectural Digest, amongst others. And she brings, really, four decades of insight and design. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. You know, Sarah, obviously everyone has lived in a home, and, and, you know, we go and we see our kitchen. But at the same time, you know, sometimes I go to a house and I see a kitchen, and I say, wow, this was just laid out perfectly and has everything. How did you sort of start your career and really getting into design and really developing that eye for these both functional and beautiful, really, centers of the home? Uh, well, I began uh, over 40 years ago. I had received my BA from FIT. Um, years ago, <laughs> oh, gosh, and um, I, 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 like many people getting out of school, needed a job and uh, landed up uh, with a kitchen firm in Manhattan in the A&D building. And from there, I um, met just some wonderful architects and realized that my passion for uh, architecture was stronger than I ever thought. And then I began to be involved in the Institute of Classical Architecture um, and Art based in Manhattan. And I've been studying with the Institute since 1994, um, where I really began to understand the importance of proportion and scale and how important it is in every aspect of the home. And so from doing kitchens, I began to, uh, I, I've really been port fortunate. I've worked with Bunny Williams, Gil Schaefer. I mean, I've worked with the best. And I understand that the, the, the proportions of a space really are what give a space harmony. And when somebody looks at a space and says, wow, that's really beautiful, 
because everything, you know, I say all the parts make up the whole. If you have a cherry pie and you decide to put a piece of apple in it, it's not going to work. Everything has to be of the same proportion. So I spent a great deal of time studying and analyzing proportion and then taking kitchen. Now you have all these appliances that break all the rules of proportion. So how do you take and integrate the function of the kitchen with the aesthetic of the kitchen and and create a harmonious room that really is an end result that's beautiful and functional. Now, I want to add something else on top of that that makes it even more difficult. Two, two things. One, I think of a large suburban home versus an apartment. You know, the ability to have extra space and sort of room and light and, and that balance between uh, being artistic and functionality. W- would love to hear your thoughts on that, but also the regional differences. You know, when I think of a Connecticut mansion versus, let's say, something in, 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 in a state in Florida, you know, there's a difference in sort of, you know, tradition and modernity and sort of heaviness and, light, and lighterness in it. You know, if you can talk a little about how you sort of balance that and, and when you look at space and, and, and put that all together. It's a really good question. Um, every area has different needs, but the pers- it comes down to who are you working for and what the person's needs are. Um, and let me just say that when I'm working on a Manhattan project, which we do a fair amount of Manhattan work, um, every single inch of space is valuable. Every single, every, you, you approach a Manhattan project very differently than you approach a Westchester project where you have these larger homes and these larger rooms. And let me try to, um, break it up in a, in a bit of an organized way. When I work in Manhattan, um, I look at the height of the room. I can get, you know, do I need a, a library ladder? Do I, I'm going to use every inch of space right up to the top of the ceiling. Um, I'm going to not waste space. I do break rules a little bit, whereas if I'm working in um, uh, Westchester, I would say, okay, well, I really want 48-inch clear hallways from counter edge to counter edge. If I'm working in Manhattan, I want... I may go to 36, 39. I know 36 is really the minimum, but there, there's where you, you need to know how to break the rules. And I'll say, okay, well, I'm not, if I'm going to go to a 36 inch walkway, I'm not going to have a refrigerator there and a sink because it becomes a bottleneck. So now you begin to think about where the appliances go and how they're being used in a tighter space versus a more open space out in Westchester. In Westchester, or whether it be, and we'll get to Palm Beach in a minute, in Westchester or some of these suburbs, we are beginning to say, okay, well, we don't want to walk a mile to get to the refrigerator, so now we may have auxiliary appliances. You know, the world today with appliances is a whole other conversation. You can have an all-refrigerator. You can have a refrigerator drawer. You can have a freezer drawer so so that the person that's prepping has what they need at their fingertips. The person that's cleaning up has the larger refrigerator next to them, but also it's not at a place that kids are going to come running through and getting everybody's way while they're trying to prepare a meal. 
So there's Matthew, many, if I could many. Interrupt you for one moment on that. Sure. <clears throat> the evolution of the island in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Now I look at mm-hmm. what's really changed over the years. If you can talk a little bit about that, because, you know, I used to look at it as an island as sort of just a prep space. And it's really mm-hmm. evolved mm-hmm. in storage and appliances, as you just mentioned, in the island. So what are we seeing in that regard? An island, the first thing you need to know about an island is you need about a 14-foot wide room to have an island comfortably. Again, Manhattan may be different, and we can break the rules a little bit. You can't get people out of a kitchen when you entertain. If it's an enter, a lot of people say, "I don't cook." You know, and especially in the city, people don't cook. There's so many places they can get meals, but they can stage it on the island. People hang out in the kitchen. You can't get people out of your kitchen, especially if it's beautiful. So you may have some stools there. You may set up drinks. You may set up a buffet. You're going to have conversation. The kids are there. They're doing their homework. They'll sit at the island. The island is a very, very important part of a space from a communication, from a prep, and from, if it's a very large room, avoids you from having to go all the way to the other side of the room to get something. So the island is still very important in a, in a, in, in a kitchen. House Beautiful did an article not too long ago about that. Now, because of the change in sort of the role of the island, and I, and I see this in, in tones from different eras, are you seeing mm-hmm. a space in how people align maybe like a breakfast table versus a dining room? Or are they sort of changing because they're moving space around and increasing the island? Are you seeing other rooms come out of fashion or, or lay out differently because of that? Again, it's going to go back to the person living in the house and what, how they live. Some people don't care about a dining room. We, you being in real estate, we all know that, that the dining room is how many times do you use the dining room a year? Some people want to open up the space and, and, and communicate with everybody from, a, you know, an open concept space. Um, I, I think really, I'm not trying to avoid the question, I think I really, really feed off of the need of the client and, and what they're doing and how they see themselves living in that space. They bought that home because they saw themselves in it. So they need to communicate to me what is important to them. It, did I, I don't know if I answered your question or not. I'm not that's sure a, That's I did. okay. That, you know, what's, what's great about design is, there, in my mind, there's no right or wrong answer. Right? Some people want right. more function. Some people want more aesthetic. Some want just big space. Some want things compacted. And as long, and it's all about making it work with it. But I will say certain really, things that I remember. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. And, cer- and certain things that I remember that didn't work as a kid were certain colors. I remember as a kid still the first refrigerator, which thankfully my parents replaced a long time ago. And we had a yellow, sort of mustard yellow refrigerator. Mm-hmm. And sort of from that era. It's back. And it's coming back? <laughs> yeah, the avocado uh, greens and the, oh, they're all coming back. Color is so, very so, prevalent today. So what's interesting is um, 
Um, that that not not my taste, <laughs> uh, and that's okay. It's good to have variety because who you don't want to have everything look the same. But you won't be seeing it in my house. Um, but the, the um, what, what's interesting is what sort of colors are good that you see, and also trends. Like you know, I noticed that certain things you got to be careful with. Where you're like. It's trendy this year, and you don't want to buy major appliances and have a color theme in a, in a kitchen or other living space. And then two years later, people said, oh, my God, what were we thinking? And now you're sort of stuck yeah. with it. So, so what are some of the things that you, you can kind of give longevity to a space? Yeah. I, my, all of my kitchens really, I feel, have longevity. The co- you know, I really... Day and cla- I usually don't use the word classical in style because to me it's a language of proportional scale. When you're talking trends, the kitchen wants to stay away from trends. It's it's too costly of a room to just rip out, rip out. If you want to change a paint color, that's easy. You can you put a good foundation and put quality millwork in that if you wanted to paint it down the road or change a color, you can. People can change countertops down the road. Appliances usually have a a 20-year, a good quality appliance, so that's not going to be easily... So don't put in the avocado green appliance. You can put a panel on it that's avocado green, but I would... um, I would, I would, I stay more on the conservative side, but I do do a lot of color in kitchen. Keep in mind, again, let's go back to kitchens are used, it's the, you use the kitchen more than any other room in your home. You spend all this time, your living room has this color palette, your dining room has that color palette. Well, why not enjoy it in the kitchen where you're going to spend hours, where company's going to be there? That's why you're seeing kitchens really take on a lot of the aesthetic of the rest of the home. And it's very important that the kitchen does harmonize with the rest of the home and it isn't designed in a vacuum and that it has the aesthetic integrity of the rest of your apartment or home or wherever it is. Um, I did Kipps Bay down in Palm Beach and I said, very few people cook down there. Let's put artwork in the kitchen. Let's, why do we need all these wall cabinets? Let's, let's, you know, and we put artwork in and we, it was beautiful and we just had fun with it. And we put a beautiful island that was a piece of furniture. Furniture is coming back into the kitchen. There's no doubt. And um, Mm -hmm. if you have millwork that maybe is a color and then put some wonderful piece of furniture or modern style or antique, you can really mix it up in a kitchen much like you do in a living room, a dining room, a bedroom, or anywhere else in your home. Wow. What are some of the things that you're seeing, maybe a couple of examples, not appliances, but sort of, I would say, for lack of a better word, fun innovations that you've seen in a kitchen that are just practical, that, you know, you said, you know, 20 years ago it wasn't on the radar, but now you can put in this, fun drawer or cabinet that's so functional that people should really think about that maybe they haven't had before in their kitchen that they'd really find very useful. Well, it's interesting you say that. 
lighting is gone places that it's, I mean, we're, we're lighting interiors of drawers, interiors of cabinets like we never did before because of the LED, the very small uh, strips of light. And you just have to be careful of Kelvin ratings and warm light versus cool light. Um, we, you know, stainless steel's been around since, you know, mid, you know, mid-century modern. It's, it's a, Stainless is very durable, but you're seeing leathers or faux, you know, some of the, I use faux leathers. I'm very functional in a kitchen. Um, mm-hmm. And the leather, and they look like leather. They don't, they don't look any different, but they clean really well. Um, and then interior, you know, you can, the, um, the track systems and the, the rollouts and the, the stainless spice systems, and there's, so much available today that really makes it fun to cook and fun to be in your space. Um, you know, retractable televisions behind wall cabinets. Um, you know, again, we ta- we touched upon the variety of appliances that, that make it easier for a kitchen to flow. Um, glass, glass cabinets and types of glass and you know, rice paper in between um, glass for glass doors. You know, there it's it's really uh, wonderful. The palette of materials is um, it's wonderful. Your quartzites on your countertops or your the most important thing when you're and I don't mean to jump real quickly, but it's endless sure. what you can use in the kitchen. The most important thing is that the question is asked: How is it going to hold up? And, and that's, you know, it's my- a great question that I have, on, on, if I can get specific for a second on countertops. Sure. I have seen in my sure. lifetime a lot of evolution of countertops yep. and materials. And I've seen some that look absolutely stunning, and they're like, okay, you got your glass. We, we need mats. We have to have coasters everywhere, you know, for this material, you know. What are really some of the materials that you find both are giving that that aesthetic beauty, but just sort of hold up in a place where people spill things? They might drop a glass or, or so forth, and then have that durability with that aesthetic variety. The most durable, for the other than the, for the countertop, other than the granite, which is dated, would be quartzite, not quartz. Quartz is a man-made product. Quartzite is not. It's very durable. It's also going to be more durable if it's leathered. These leathered finishes are fantastic. And it's a way of brushing the surface of the counter. You then can seal it. You're going to hurt the sealer before you hurt the stone. And when you hurt the sealer, it's called etching. So the advantage, though, is every year, every two years, if the etching is driving you crazy, you can always have somebody come in, strip the sealer off, reseal it. It's done in about an hour, and you just have new counters. But these leathered finishes on quartzite, are they're fantastic. A leathered black absolute. Black would show fingerprints. It's too shiny. It reflects the undercaminate light. It's too glitzy. You know, a lot of people love a leathered black absolute. It's it's stunning. It and it and it and it's timeless. And it's going to stand the test of time. You can beat it up. Wonderful, Sarah. We're just coming up to a commercial break. Please stick around for a few more questions. 
More in Ion Real Estate after this commercial break. My name is Imran Ansari, and I lead the Civil Litigation Division of Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins. Suffering an injury in an accident can be a life-changing experience. Whether you've been involved in a car accident, a construction site accident, a slip and fall, or injured because of someone else's negligence, we can help. Our team of experienced trial attorneys will never settle for less than what you are owed. We are always ready to go to court to fight for you and seek justice. If you have been injured because of someone else's negligence, you have legal rights and may be entitled to significant money to compensate you for your pain and suffering. Hiring the right attorney is important. The combined experience of the lawyers at Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins will be able to lead you through the personal injury lawsuit process and aggressively fight for the best result. If you or a loved one have been injured in an accident, don't delay. Call 212-486-0011, 212-486-0011, or visit us at idalalaw.com. Idala, Bertuna, and Kamins, fighting for justice, fighting for you. Hi, this is Joan Herman, host of Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life. Every Sunday night, some of the world's most inspirational and influential people join me to discuss health and wellness, professional development, and personal well-being. They share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Take time for yourself. Tune into Conversations with Joan every Sunday night at 10 p.m. right here on AM 970 The Answer. If you miss a show, be sure to visit our website so you can listen on demand And while you're there, read our digital magazine and take part in our book club. Visit CYACYL.com. That's CYACYL.com. You have all helped support MyPillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, MyPillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The MyPillow six-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent, yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels and two washcloths regular price is 79.98 for a limited time you can get this six pack towel set for only 39.99 with promo code joe p that's a 50 percent savings go to mypillow.com call 800-651-0798 use the promo code joe p to save 50 percent on the mypillow six pack towel sets our hosts all look like gq models see them now at am970theanswer.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. 
Welcome back to Ion Real Estate. I'm attorney Stephen Ebert, and we've been speaking with Sarah Blank, author of Classic Kitchens for Modern Living, and just an incredible designer, um, and has worked on projects in the suburbs and the cities throughout the country. You know, sir, we're running close to out of time for the segment, but before you go, I have to ask an important question that, that is being sure. discussed in not only the design community, but also by lawyers and others. Gas ranges, electric ranges, what do you see going on? What are clients demanding, both in the cities and the suburbs, uh, of what their preferences are and concerns about the ability to power these devices? Well, it is uh, up for discussion in many areas. And uh, in the in the city, um, they're really leaning towards um, induction where they can. Um, I, I want to back up and say nobody should be afraid of induction if they can um, if they can install it. I have induction. I went to induction. I'm a cook. I'm not somebody that just designs. I cook a lot. My husband cooks, and we decided to try induction, and we love it. The amount of control you have. Um, is amazing. So if you're in an area, don't be afraid to try induction. Some of my clients were doing both. If you have a 60-inch range and you want to replace it out in Westchester, we've gone 30, we've done a 30-inch gas and a 30-inch induction because many chefs like both. They want the induction for the speed, but they also want and you're seeing more chefs lean towards it, not jump over to it. They still want their gas. So I wouldn't be afraid of it. And if you have liquid propane in Westchester, that's a clean gas. It's not an issue. It's really the natural gas that's creating all the controversy. So if you're in the suburbs or wherever you are, um, I would I think it's fabulous. I have no problem with induction and they're getting better and better and larger, you know, 48 inch ranges before it was more limiting. Um, and many of the high end manufacturers have um, developed and, and really have a wonderful induction system. As far as gas in the city and, and, and induction, as I just mentioned, I've, I just finished a project in the El Dorado, and we started the project, and we had gas. And by the end of the project, all of these regulations with the DOB were coming into play, and the El Dorado just converted over to electric. We had to change to an induction range. She never used the gas range. It was a beautiful range, and she ended up putting it in an upstate um, home, up, upstate New York residence, and we put the induction into the apartment. So New York is definitely going through a transition because of these high rises that they can't repair these gas lines because they're mm-hmm. problematic That's and they're they're a hundred years old. It's a big issue. They can't they can't fix them. It's probably less expensive for them to to run the electric lines as, as they did in the El Dorado. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's, it's a reality. It's a really... This is where the design is meeting the law and the finances. You're absolutely right. You know, some buildings, they want to fix them. Some, they don't. Um, and they just got to make sure, and this is part of the bigger conversation, that they have enough electric power both coming into the building and to the units. But this is absolutely a very hot topic that's going to be on the minds of homeowners 
and co-op and condo building for a number of years to come. Sarah, thank you so much for being and joining us today. If people want to find out more about your work, um, where can you direct them to how to be in touch and to see some examples of your work? Well, um, my website is Sarah Blank Design Studio, and my book, Classic Kitchens for Modern Living, can be purchased on Amazon, any bookstore. Um, And also, uh, my office is based in Washington and in Greenwich, um, but Sarah at SarahBlankDesignStudio.com. Sarah at SarahBlankDesignStudio.com is my email. And uh, probably the best way to reach me or call my office, 203-655-6900. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. And enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure, and you too. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Well, that was Sarah Blank from Sarah Blank Design Studio. Um, And now going from the aesthetic to the very practical we're joined uh, by Peter Conti uh, from Honig Conti Insurance. Peter, how are you? I'm good, Steve. How are you doing this morning? What, wonderful. Thank you so much. I know you've been on the show before and given a lot of great information for our listeners um, with a lot of insurance needs. I uh, want to talk about a couple things that we're seeing and, and also some of your insights and things to keep in mind. But one of the questions that we've seen come up for homeowners is insurance companies issuing policies, and then after the closing, they they do a drive-by visit, and maybe there's a little bit of a renegotiation of costs or, in some extreme cases, some cancellations. Um, I don't know if you're able to talk about some of the things that you're seeing with you know, certain underwriters, you don't have to say who they are, but this issue is sort of popping up in the industry a bit. Yeah, so this is essentially caused by the hard, we're in a super hard market right now for insurance. And so what the insurance carriers are doing is they're tightening, tightening up their underwriting. Now, a couple of years back, it was going to be rare or it was rare that a carrier would go and drive by a home or do an internal inspection And it was few and far between that the carriers were doing it. But with the hard market comes new rules and new underwriting regulations that the carriers need to follow for new business in order to try to become profitable or remain profitable. And one of that happens to be going by the properties and making sure that everything is checked off. You know, there's no uh, Federal Pacific circuit breakers in the basement. We're finding that to be a huge issue. In Manhattan, if the sidewalk or facade of the building doesn't look so great, there's going to be recommendations that the carrier sends out on what to do uh, to remediate those so they will continue coverage. And if you don't comply with the recommendations, then then there's even more of an issue because it's a lot harder to find you insurance after you've been canceled for not complying with recommendations and you're you're it, it almost becomes, at this point right now, if you don't comply with recommendations that a carrier gives you, it almost becomes impossible to find you new insurance because most carriers ask, have they been canceled before? What was the reason? And if they find that someone's been canceled for noncompliance with recommendations, then they will not write that risk. So 
So I, I want to I want to delve into that a little bit more for a second because this is very yeah. scary and, and let's and let's tease this out. So let's say I'm a first time home buyer. I'm on a budget, and I know I didn't buy the perfect house because that fits within the budget and what's available. But my plan is over time, you know, as I get settled in, you know, I'll have my projects around the house and, and we'll take care of it. And I get this notice, and I'm thinking to myself wait, if I lose my insurance on my house, not only am I exposed on my investment because I have no insurance, but also I'm going to be in violation of my bank loan on my mortgage. And without insurance, I, I have so many risks and issues and problems. So, you know, so one of my first questions is, do you know if there is sort of a time period they're required by law to give the homeowners to remediate? Is it something where if you don't fix this in a week, you've lost it, or do they have to give you 60, 90 days or more? Does the problem make a difference? So in New York State, there's a 60-day window where carriers can cancel your policy. Um, after that, they're on it for three years. And then unless something traumatic happens and there's huge shift in underwriting during that three years or all of a sudden the carrier finds out that the risk is not being utilized as it was initially uh, written in the application, then they can't get off. So you have a 60-day window. So with a lot of the carriers, you can show good faith. Let's say you don't get all the recommendations complete, right? Let's say you have to change out the whole electric for the home. That's a huge bill, huge expense, and all of that. But after the 60 days, if you show a, a contract with an electrician that he's going to come in at some point in the near future and he's going to rewire the whole home, then on good faith, the carrier will sit there and say that wreck is complied to, and then they will you know, follow up in the coming days now, in the, or coming weeks. If you do pass that 60-day period, then they are on it for the coming years. So it's really important to have an agent who has a good reputation with the carrier, who makes sure that those recs are followed through by, uh, or the client follows those recommendations through to the letter so that the risk becomes acceptable for the carrier. Um, <clears throat> it is, you know, the, the inspections are getting tougher as well. And when it comes to, let's say, you don't comply and you do get forced place through your mortgage company, your insurance expense is going to go skyrocketing after that. That is a great point. I want to tease that out more in a minute. We're coming up to a commercial break. More and I in real estate after this break. We're with Peter Conti. Really important changes and requirements in the insurance industry that you don't want to miss.
Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda, run by my family friend Rob Sabah and his family. The Sabah family has owned and operated Honda for over 60 years. 60 years serving the five boroughs. I've gotten cars there. My whole family has. My mother, my father, my sister, my brother, and my grandfather. Everyone knows to go to Bay Ridge Honda because the Sabah family makes you feel like you're part of their family. To kick off spring, Bay Ridge Honda is offering $0 deals all month long. That's right, zero down deals. On top of that, APR rates as low as 1.9%. You can't find that anywhere else. No payments until summer of 2024. 90 days of no payments. Best prices around. They will offer you top dollar for your trade-in. You name it, they have it. Brand new Hondas like the all-new Civic, HRV, CRV, the Honda Accord, and the Honda Passport. They have them all ready for you to drive home today. Serving the five boroughs of New York, every new vehicle comes with their Bay Ridge Plus package for all of your service maintenance needs. Visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Brooklyn or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. This is Joe Piscopo. The following is a medical minute sponsored by my friends at InfuCare RX. InfuCareRx.com. Improving quality of life one patient at a time. March is National Nutrition Month, an annual campaign created by the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. Dietitians help patients in various settings to make healthy food choices by incorporating new foods and flavors in their meal plans. As a registered dietitian, I work with patients who receive parenteral nutrition, or intravenous nutrition at home. Our goal is to inspire people to make good food choices and create custom plans to meet their daily nutritional requirements, whether the nutrients are eaten by mouth or delivered intravenously. Stay tuned to learn more about parenteral nutrition during the month of March. This Medical Minute is sponsored by InfuCareRx, and the information, comments, or views expressed by the guests are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of InfuCareRx. Please consult your medical professional for any medical questions, opinions, or guidance. It is cold and flu season again. Is your immune system ready? Invite Health is here to help with our immunity multivitamin, a comprehensive immune-supporting daily multivitamin packed with key minerals, vitamins, and antioxidants. Enhanced with the immune-boosting nutrients, elderberry extract, and nucleic acids to give your immune cells the power they need to fend off pathogens. Take an extra 10% off Invite's Immunity Multivitamin by calling now, 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Save even more with our new everyday low prices plus the additional 10% off on Invite's Immunity Multivitamin. Visit invitehealth.com to check out our entire product line and call 800-673-2345 for 10% off immunity multivitamin today. That number again, 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345 or go to invitehealth.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Welcome back to Ion Real Estate. I'm attorney Stephen Ebert. Again, Dottie is off this week, but we'll be back next week. And pleased to be joined with uh, Peter Conte uh, from Honig Conte Perino Insurance. And we were talking about ha- having your home and you're having your insurance and if there are certain key repairs um, that are not being done and, you know, the, the, the scary concern of forced-placed insurance. So, Peter, I know we ran out of time before the break. If you can just explain a little bit of what forced place insurance is by a mortgage lender. Yeah, absolutely. So if a mortgage, when you get a mortgage, the bank owns part of the home. So 
what they want to do is make sure that their asset is covered in case of, they call it hazard insurance. I see them call it hazard insurance more than just normal, like normal homeowner's insurance or what have you. So they call it hazard insurance. And if you're able to get hazard insurance from an agent, from a normal, uh, you know, insurance broker, then that will suffice for whatever the mortgage lender wants you to have. Now, if you're unable to acquire insurance for a myriad of reasons, either your policy's canceled, your building's not properly, or the inspection comes and you're canceled for noncompliance with RECs, or you just live in a very difficult area to write insurance, the bank will then force place your insurance, which means they will take control of the insurance policy, they will get that policy for you, and they get to determine the premium or their agency or whoever places it for them determines the premium. And usually those premiums for forced place policies are significantly higher than what an agent would find you. And what that means for you is your monthly escrow is going to go up and the budgeting that you did for the home is probably going to be shot because uh, those policies you know, Steve, honestly, I see them come in two or three times higher than what an agent would be able to get in a, in the normal marketplace. And also, I'm going to add in there, could cause other problems. For example, maybe you bundled your house and your auto insurance. Maybe you also had a personal articles policy, and you needed to have home, homeowner's insurance with that underwriter to have these other policies work together. So, agreed, it could be costly, and you can end up with worse coverage at a higher cost. It could be a real mess. Oh, absolutely. Um, when, when, it, when there is a full insurance package, it's so important to at least have an agent look it over so all the policies communicate. And when you lose your insurance, you can get forced placed. That gets taken away from you. And so, Peter, what could a homeowner do when they're talking to you, particularly a first-time home buyer? But says to you, Peter, now I heard about this forced place insurance. I'm concerned. I want to make sure I don't end up in, in trouble here. What do you do and what should insurance agents do to really help mitigate that risk of policy cancellation? Yeah. So right now a lot of the new underwriting guidelines that we're facing are just not letting us write in certain areas. So when we are able to write, it's important that we – or when we are able to actually insure the home, it's important to take care of that policy on your own from the actual client side. So that means when there's a bill, don't wait until the last day to pay it. Don't forget about it. If anything, insurance policies are always prorated um, with endorsements or any changes that you make throughout the year. So my advice is pay your bills as soon as possible because the last thing you need, or call your agent once you get the bill, just because if you wait on that and then we get too far past the cancellation date, a lot of carriers will not be able to reinstate uh, the risk in the, the risk. And then if you live in an area where there's only one carrier writing there right now, that's going to lead you to have to be forced placed because not all agents have all the markets. So if you're, if you're with Allstate out in Long Island and your policy gets canceled for non-pay, and Allstate was on that historically for 10 years. Allstate's not riding many properties on Long Island right now. So make sure you pay your policy because finding you a replacement with this hard market is, 
it's very difficult. Yeah, no, great, great advice. Um, now, what about also other policies that you recommend that a homeowner should have, you know, to consider? Um, anything else to keep in mind? You know, personal articles is one. You know, that's something we spend a lot of time explaining to clients that there's sort of a difference in coverage. I don't know if you want to cover that. If you have personal property damaged, what that type of policy covers you on versus a standard homeowner's policy? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll just do on a very high level. A homeowner's policy will cover the home, the actual structure. Supposed to, you're supposed to be able to rebuild the home from the ground up in the event of a total loss with the amount of limit that is on your insurance policy. So what we get asked a lot is, well, I bought the home for 1.2. Why are you insuring it for 750000 or 800000 or what have you? Well, part of that price is in the land that you paid for the home. The location added uh, to the market value. So what we're doing is we're going to insure you for the reconstruction of that home. Um, on that homeowner's policy, after you take care of the building, then you also have the personal property and content section on the policy. And that's all your stuff. Right, Everything in the moving truck, what I like to tell people when they're moving into a new home is just take a quick inventory of the moving truck, a mental inventory, and then attach a dollar amount to it. If you had to buy every single thing in that moving truck again, how much would that cost you? And that gives us our contents value or our personal property value. And surprisingly, and almost unsurprisingly, a lot of people don't insure their contents to what it should be, right? Uh, the replacement cost on the TV that you bought 10 years ago for $1,000 is still going to be $1,000, but if you actually have actual cash value on your policy, then the replace or the cost that you will get or the amount of money you get for that TV will be the $1,000 minus 10 years of depreciation on that TV. So a lot of people write with replacement costs just because everyone wants to buy their stuff back. So you would be getting that full $1,000, and that eats into your limit very quickly. Uh, when it comes to jewelry and personal articles, um, fine arts included in there, uh, precious metals are included in there. Um, if they're of significant value, I suggest creating a schedule of those items and then attaching a value to them and discussing it with your broker. If you have... $30,000 in watches or necklaces or rings or jewelry or what have you, that's a significant amount. And usually in a claim scenario, there's a sublimit on the amount of jewelry you will get paid for by the carrier, which will mean instead of getting that full 30000 after the loss, you may only get 5000 So you, you won't be made whole again if it's not scheduled. Great advice. Now, one other question going back, um, and because I know our listeners are concerned about it, is what is the impact on my insurance if I change my use? In other words, let's say I buy a home and it's my primary residence, and then all of a sudden I buy a second property, and I turn my primary residence into either a second home, a vacation home, or a rental. Do I need to update my insurance carrier could it affect me even being covered? Could I actually lose coverage because I change how I characterize my property? 
what are the steps that uh, a homeowner should consider? Yeah, if you change the use of your property, either to a secondary or start renting it out, or it becomes vacant, you need to let your broker know. Because in the event there is a claim, uh, water coverage for accidental pipe break falls off an insurance policy after 60 days of vacancy. So if the home stays vacant for 60 days, if it's a secondary and you have not been there within the second, uh, within that 60 day period, or if it's just completely vacant and you haven't notified your insurance broker to make that change on your policy and there's a pipe break, you may not be covered on that claim. So we're seeing a lot of situations where, and we had a terrible claim last year where we were not notified that the home was not a primary, uh, location anymore and it was completely vacant and we had a terrible cold snap last january if you remember and a pipe broke in the house there was six hundred thousand dollars worth of damage to the home the carrier went out they did their inspection they found that it was vacant and we were never notified of this but we were able to explain to the carrier that look it was a primary when the policy was written there was no misrepresentation or there was no issues when the policy was written and the inspection was done on the home. The heat was maintained and we were able to get that client to be made full. But that was a very tense scenario just because the carrier had the ability to say, look, it was vacant. There was no coverage for the water damage. But because of our effort and a good broker will do this, they'll get in the mix with the carrier. They'll talk to the claims adjuster and we'll mediate it through to, in order to try and get that insured to be made whole. So we're very proud that we were able to do that for that insured, but it was a very tense scenario. And if we had only been told that it was a vacant property or that the primary or or the owner had moved out, then we would have been able to skirt the whole stress of this situation. Well, job well done, Peter. And unfortunately, show's coming in enter today. Peter, Conti, of Honig Conte Perino Insurance. Thank you so much for all the great advice and insight. Thank you to our listeners, and we'll be back next week with more on Ion Real Estate. Thanks so much. Thank you very much, Steve. The preceding hour of programming paid for by DTHY Realty Incorporated. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.